Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Who are you? Where are you? And how are you? And where are you doing? What are you doing? Welcome to News on Acid, episode 50, 53. Thank you. Season two. Yeah. <laughs> Bless me. Why? Bicaucus. Bicaucus. Special. Special. Caucus I, night episode. Yeah. Iowa caucus is happening right now. We're unable to live stream it for you know, reasons. So we'll just be keeping an eye on it, but we're going to kind of just go over Evan and I's uh, perceptions of the Iowa caucus as it stands right now. Yeah. So if you're not familiar, if you haven't been following along with this crazy episode, the Iowa caucus was yesterday, February 3rd, and normally they get results back that evening. And this time they're, we're using an app from a company called shadow it's the new normal now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's obviously the next day, February 4th. And um, we're just this night, as of right now, I've got CNN streaming on my computer and it's 62% of precincts reporting. Um, and the results are basically Buttigieg up a little bit with Sanders in second. And, I, you know, I guess we'll see what happens. It looks basically, though, like a coin toss between those two. We got... You said 62% of precincts reporting. Mm-hmm. I'm showing on 538, 27% Buttigieg, 25% Sanders. Is that what you're seeing on CNN right now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Same and thing. then it drops down to Warren at 18%. Biden in fourth, 16%. Yeah. And then Amy Klobuchar out of nowhere with 13%. Yeah, 12.6. Um, and then let's just keep going down. Andrew Yang, 1%. And then everyone else, Tom Steyer, 0.3%, and <laughs> uncommitted 0.1%. <laughs> so um, basically, though, if you're not familiar, a caucus is not a straight up and down vote. So if you don't meet a certain threshold, basically, they do, they do a first organizing or that alignment, they call it, where you meet in your local <laughs> high school gymnasium and you pick God a corner for <laughs> your candidate. <laughs> and then they do the first alignment. And after the first alignment... Anyone who didn't make the threshold has to choose another candidate. And and so then they do a second realignment, and then they basically go off those totals. And then they have this complicated way of divvying out delegates, and they round up to the nearest delegate. So um, it's possible to actually lose the popular vote and still get the most delegates because it depends on what district you're in. And it's, it's complicated, and it's weird. Um, We've heard that lose the popular vote or win the popular vote, lose an election right. uh, through line before. How does that make you feel, just that point in general? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really like that. It's not, it doesn't sound very democratic. Um, yeah, it doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth, really. No, and it, that's currently where Sanders is. Currently, Sanders is up by, I don't have it in front of me because CNN keeps changing it, but um, he's up by a little bit from the popular vote, but down about 2% from the delegate count. Certainly that won't cause any strife from his supporters. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, <laughs> actually, um, 
Sanders was the one who voted to keep these rules in place. So they, the Sanders campaign was really adamant about keeping these rules in place. So they don't really have a lot to gripe about. Um, I, you know, they've been talking about for a long time, trying to change it to just a normal up and down vote. Uh, you know, we'll see if that happens, but, um, yeah, as of right now, 62% reporting, it looks like a lot of the rural counties are left and it looks like honestly looking at the map that CNN has that, uh, Pete's winning a lot of those rural counties and, I think he stands a strong chance to win to win this one. And that was kind of my prediction. I think if you go back like 15 episodes or so, <laughs> I said Pete was going to be the Biden alternative uh-huh. and uh, do really well. And I, I think it's for a handful of different reasons. It fits. Uh, one of the reasons being that, well, one, he does not a mayor anymore and everyone else is like a senator or something outside of Biden. So they're dealing with impeachment stuff. But yeah. if you look at Pete's, schedule it's insane like he's doing five events a day and doing tv interviews he's got the time he's got the energy yeah really it's kind of what it boils down to and even today so he was i mean everyone was up last night till like three in the morning giving multiple speeches um i I pulled up pete's campaign events for today Mm. five events today all all uh town halls they call them meet pete's um God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it just says, it just says meet Pete in Hampton. It's not like a meet Pete, you know, (laughs) call him meet Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like an empanada or something. Yeah, I know. It sounds like a shitty sandwich. Um, (laughs) Well, yeah, you weren't surprised by this at all because based on your prediction, obviously that's, that's what you were seeing, seeing in the bones when you roll them a, a, a while back. But Definitely the the kind of national conversation up until yesterday that I was yeah. seeing, at least most recent national conversation was Biden and Sanders neck and neck yeah. for, for Iowa. And sometimes, you know, not to play into the conspiracy of the Bernie bros, but sometimes they weren't even saying Sanders. They were just saying like, Biden's out in front. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> but I mean, like, I think... And now he's in fucking fourth. Should we play his music? Are we going to talk about him a little bit? Yeah, let's talk about him a little bit. Joe Biden, come on down. You're the next contestant on getting fourth place in the uh, Iowa <laughs> caucuses. Um, yeah, so... If you were just going purely off of what, you know, the national media was pushing as a as the narrative, mm-hmm. this would be a huge shock that Biden's down at sixteen percent, given we're at sixty two percent reporting. So a lot yeah. can a lot can change, but Yeah, I don't think it'll change too much. I think that's pretty good sample size and the fact that they've done I mean, I can't look at each individual precinct. It's you know, it's kind of confusing and there's not, a, it's not easy to dissect this as it is like other ways when they do like an up or down vote. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he, he did a bus tour. Pete did a bus tour. Mm-hmm. You were talking about how Pete's hit districts that no one stepped foot in and yeah, well, fucking that's, forever. that's kind of one thing he said the whole time is that he's trying to, what he calls, how does he phrase it? Future former Republicans. He's going after people who are dis, nice. disaffected <laughs> Trump voters who uh, you know might take a chance voting Democrat this time? So he was going to 
a lot of like the rural areas, yeah, and like some places where they haven't had campaign stops in 40 years or right. so from a Democrat. So, um, I mean, he's he won the rural counties, you know, it was a good strategy for him. And he's got the time, and yeah. again, he's got the energy and mm-hmm. this no malarkey bus tour <laughs> didn't quite make it to the same amount of places that Pete seemed to make it. Yeah. He and got we've it. been accused of ageism on this show before out there, but <laughs> you know, it's, it kind that speaks for itself. It's similar strategy. It's for Pete's just go, go, go. Who knows how he keeps his fucking energy. His, levels his, up, but yeah. It's literally Jesus. five, six town halls a day. Um, and I think that plays you a lot into it. Could you imagine doing that? It's like an hour and a half. There's an hour and a half separation in this one schedule for it's insane. For shitty sandwich. Not to, not to mention, you know, they were up to like 3 a.m. and his first one's like at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. So he probably had like five hours of sleep. If he gets into the general, he's going to have gray hair by then. This yeah. is fucking insane. He's going to have a stroke. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's... This debacle's happening in the Iowa caucus, and everyone's already on in fucking New Hampshire, New Hampshire already. And we could eat our fucking words here. We never know with sixty-two percent reporting. Yeah, how this could swing. Sanders very it'd, well could win here. It'd be hilarious if fucking Joe Biden just like dark horses right in the front. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't yeah. see that happening. And then, as we mentioned at the top, when we were kind of just running down numbers, we have um, fucking Amy Klobuchar. Yeah, she did surprisingly well. Uh, she got kind of nipping on Biden's fourth place heels because she's at thirteen percent. He's only at sixteen percent. Mm-hmm. So we got Midwest mom vibes a little bit. Uh, <laughs> she's obviously from Minnesota. Represent, uh, and this is Iowa. So yeah, it'll be southern fucking Minnesota. You know, like, it'd be really interesting to see how this plays out because Biden historically, nationally, I mean, a couple things about Biden, just like. A lot of people at this point aren't even really paying attention. They're not watching the debates, and they just remember Joe Biden from uh, the Obama years. Yep. And so, you know, obviously he has a, the majority chunk of the black vote because you know he's associated with Obama, um, and so he'll presumably do really well in the South. But as we've seen, like the more people get to know him in the early states, the worse he does. And as we've seen in the debates, he's spitting out word salad. He's kind of like. It's not inarticulate. Great. He's and, not he's not the Joe he used to be. And he's like challenging people to push up contests or whatever the fuck he was doing in yeah. Iowa with like his time. So I'm sure he's not representing himself very well in person when he's doing his town halls, yeah. which probably aren't five a day. Um but I was gonna mention with Klobuchar whether I I think she's doing better to her own admission than she thought she would do in Iowa. So she'll probably press on, press on. Mm-hmm. But are you thinking that this is going to be a flash in the pan f- because of it's, it's Iowa and it's the Midwest and this will probably be her high point. Yeah. Well, the thing is like people in general, they put all their eggs in uh, the Iowa basket generally to try to get top three mm-hmm. and they don't really have time to do the other states. I mean, New Hampshire's yeah. pretty small, so it's easy to get around and visit a lot of the counties there, but, and she's definitely one of the people that's been yeah, so active in this impeachment shit that's going on too. Yeah. That's the other thing is they're all stuck in the Senate. Um, but I don't think she'll do very well in New Hampshire. It's just not her demographic. Even if she has spent time there and not being in the top three is going to be pretty hard to come back from. So I think a lot of the other moderate boats, 
votes will uh will end up going somewhere to Pete or to Biden. Um, and then I'd be really curious to see what happens in South Carolina. One thing to note is in 2008, when Obama, like the national polls mean nothing right now. Absolutely. I know nothing. it's so funny when and, like you're paying, paying attention to those, paying attention to those. And then you get your first taste of like real turnout and real voting. And it's just like, fuck those national polls, <laughs> you know, like well, as much as you wanted to say, they don't matter before this moment. Everyone was looking at him like, here's, here's really, the you know, like, is this really real? Case in point was Obama in 2008 was down 20% nationally uh-huh. behind Hillary. After he won Iowa, he was in the lead. He jumped like 22% in a week. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot can change once people start winning and it's going to start narrowing down to two or three people. Probably going to end up Biden, Buttigieg, Sanders, I, I think, personally. And then, I mean... I- Obviously, after that decision for Obama in Iowa was a very lengthy, very nasty race against Hillary Clinton to get that yeah, nomination. It was too. pretty bad. It was pretty brutal. <laughs> and um, I've never actually participated in a caucus because I've always lived in other states that had primaries, but you have. Yeah, they you suck. Ex- you want to uh, explain what that's like and how long it takes? It and- was super weird because I wasn't used to having to do that. Um, and then caucus between, uh, Bernie and Hillary and whoever the fucking O'Malley or whatever the other person was, there was three people. John Edwards. Wait, wait, who, who are you saying? Bernie, Hillary, and I think it was O'Malley. Oh yeah. There was some other guy. Yeah. Some fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. He's probably a very nice man. Uh, but yeah, went to a Denver high school. And you had to be in line by 7 p.m. or like you're out. So at 7 p.m., someone goes to the end of the line and it's like, oh, no one else can caucus. So like that in and of itself is like really annoying because it's 7 o'clock at night. What if you work at 7 o'clock at night? You know, it's – Yeah. I am not a fan – like if I didn't make this obvious already, not a fan of the caucus. Yeah. And participating in one only reinforced that. So they were not at – all prepared for the amount of people that were coming out for that. And it was obviously Bernie Sanders first showing on, on that type of stage. And he had all that Bernie Which excitement. Your, your precinct it was, was like literally basically downtown Denver, yeah. which is extremely liberal. Yeah. Went to, uh, went to, oh, I forget the name of the high school, but it's off like Colfax and fucking Josephine. So right there. Uh, but huge turnout. No one caught like they were not used to this from previous caucuses. Like, yeah, nobody really gives a fuck, you know. Like, there's not gonna be that many people that show up. Lines down the block, you know, uh, and had to turn people away. But then that line down the block at seven o'clock, they still have to shuffle everybody in and figure out where they have to go and what corner they have to stand in to like raise their hand when they call the candidates. So I got shuffled around. I basically saw that whole high school, which was interesting but uh yeah and starting in uh 2020 colorado will have a primary and no more caucuses yeah for the first time in the last two decades the one thing i will say i do like about the caucus is that it's almost impossible to cheat in a caucus and that's one thing i like about it because you have all the precinct captains at every precinct and that the whole thing's in public the media is allowed to attend 
and there's like backup paper ballots and it's impossible to cheat because they have to come to consensus it's not like you just like put it in a black box and send it away um but i remember from those caucuses in 2016 people were flipping coins because there was like the a coin tie. flip thing is the the thing that's weird and yeah. i saw some videos that were like on twitter of people who recorded it where they were it was literally the worst coin flip it was barely a flip they're like moving it around in their hands you're like just flip the fucking coin have you never flipped a coin dude (laughs) like Like, what is this flip the coin yeah i don't like that i'm not i don't like the. (laughs) so there's some goofy shit going on there but i do agree that you know if you have people in a room raise their hand when you say a specific candidate and then like step out so they can like count everyone it's kind of hard to falsify that but I mean, I'm I'm all for paper ballots and like yeah, person to person reporting and all that type of and shit and voting by mail and vo- yeah, voting by mail, all this electronic voting and shit. I'm just so suspect of all of that. And then, as we alluded to, I think maybe or maybe we haven't brought it up yet, but with this Iowa caucus, there's already yeah. been a fucking yeah. Let me get into that. Kerfuffle. And, <laughs> and let me just address some of this stuff because like I follow all this stuff really closely. You guys have probably heard of this shadow app by now, which why do they always have to have a creepy name? It's like Blackwater. Like, <laughs> what? yeah, like, let, let, let me create this transparency app called shadow. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? Um, that doesn't matter. But people have been going conspiracy theory crazy. And honestly, like Buddha judges almost he has been the brunt of like so many conspiracy theories and just straight up bullshit, whether it's like his record with like firing the black police chief in South Bend, which has gotten so many lies from people like the Young Turks and Michael Harriet from The Root, um, or his working for McKenzie being accused of price fixing bread f- uh, f- for a grocery store in Canada, who ultimately came out and said he did like. And now he's being accused of rigging this whole system. Why? Because if you go to the FEC website, you'll see he paid the company Shadow like $50,000. And everyone's like, oh, look, he's he's in on it. But you know who else paid him? A lot of people. Uh, Biden paid him. Gabbard paid him. Hillary and Obama have paid them in the past. Why have they paid Shadow? Because it's a, it's a campaign software that does... Um, what is it called? Uh, it's like this text, me- like mass text messaging and email yeah. campaigns. Um, and again, you can't you can't fake a caucus. It's you have precinct captains at every single uh, precinct, and they report back. And the purpose of the app was to basically have those precinct captains all log in, put in a pen, and all that send it away to a central place, and they all have to come to they all have to enter in a you know consensus number mm-hmm. and send it off. Something happened with the code. I'm a developer. If I were to guess, I would say uh, they didn't stress test it and the servers got overloaded. You have to think about, I think there was like 1,600 precincts, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Probably six or seven precincts at, or six six or seven candidates at every precinct who actually have captains. And you're you're talking about like 10,000 requests to a server at one time. Right. Something along those lines is what I would say happened. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, if anyone's ever tried to buy a high, buy a hard to get concert ticket, or heard, yeah. you know, like I don't know, there's been new websites that have been launched, and 
people just overload the fuck out of it and error 404 yeah. <laughs> you know, or like whatever the fuck comes on but that's part of the problem and we were we were talking about it before we got on air it's like all right we don't know the answer to this but it's like what did they used to do before they had this option of an app in the first place cuz yeah you'd think they have obviously like a vote tallying area and they call into a phone bank. I think they use the, I know at least like when they do the primaries in most States, they still use an electronic system to send it off. And that's something I've, you know, always like an email. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, it's or like an actual, like, I mean the same thing. Like, I mean, there's lots of just like really basic systems that just run on really ba- you know, like an ATM or uh, like uh, when police check records, like just really basic stuff that can send, uh, data back and forth um, that's like somewhat secure. And I always had an issue with that because people would say, oh, the voting machines, the individual actual machines are decentralized, so you can't hack them. And it's like, well, what happens after you tally those votes? You put them in one centralized thing and you send it off. And it's like, you just fucked up. Like that's that's the area where something's going to get hacked. No one's hacking voting machines. They're hacking the network yeah. of the one thing that sends it off to wherever, the Iowa Democratic Party or whatever. Um, so I don't know. We got to figure it out. I don't trust our systems at all. And it's, it's quite terrifying. I don't, I don't want to go. I didn't go into conspiracy alley like all these other people decided to do, but, um, you can't really fake a caucus, uh, because if any of the numbers don't add up, literally every single precinct captain has a picture and paper ballots. So enough with the fucking conspiracies. No one's going to, I know no one trusts in this process, but I'm glad it's taking this long, actually. Like, I'd rather them take the time to do it and, you know, we'll just wait a day. It's not like we have anything better to do. You know, if, if just pretend like if it was tomorrow. It's all just expectation things. Um, we have uh, New York Times coming out with their election needle. What is that? Oh, yeah. Is, uh, something that people, for some reason, put a lot of faith into. <laughs> uh, and... They're estimating at this point that it's leaning Buttigieg with... Do they give a confidence interval or anything They have like an that? expected margin, uh, which puts Buttigieg at a plus 1.4. So here, let me... Uh, As like a final result, he'll be up like 1.4%. Let me get this to you. Because currently right now, he's like... Uh, I don't think I can ever visit the New York Times website. I've, I'm, uh, maybe I'm not going to pay for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it in here. We'll see. Cool. Um, yeah, because currently right now he's up uh, 1.8%. So that's not much moving the needle to actually be quite literal. No. Um, and what's funny right now, too, is like I've seen... I'm, I mean, this did look good for Trump, honestly. Like, it looks like Democrats didn't have their shit together. You've seen tons of other conservatives come out against it, like Ben Shapiro, like, oh, this is a joke, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, but... We don't have to go back that far <laughs> in time when this totally fucked up for the Republicans, too. I mean, if you remember back in the day uh, when I believe it was 2012, yeah, uh, Santorum was running against a handful of other people, Mitt Romney. There was a big group of people, um, but they all said Mitt Romney won. And they had the, all this difficulty with like the math and calculating it. Yeah. And it turned out that uh, Santorum actually won Iowa. And they didn't even find out till later. And um, yeah, it was the same kind of clusterfuck. It's I like mean, too late. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's like these whole things are just complicated in general. I mean, 
trying yeah. to report from like thousands of precinct captains is just I can't imagine that. And then like having to put something out there like yeah. New York Times can't literally just did and was like, all right, we're gonna go with this. <laughs> this could be completely wrong. Basically, they gave they're giving uh, Buttigieg a seventy four percent win probability right now. And gotcha. Uh, yeah, I'm actually a able to pull quote it up. unquote good chance. So seventy four percent is pretty high. Yeah, I mean, especially when you look at the other kind of percents, it's like Bernie. 20, Sa- yeah, twenty seven is next, um, which is crazy drop off. Yeah, so that's quite. And then immediately down to less than one percent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and less then than one percent. We've got our next debates in just three days on Friday, and let's see, we've who's qualified for this debate? We've got Sanders, yes, Buttigieg, Warren, Biden. Klobuchar, Steyer, and Yang is back in. Yang's back. So that's kind of interesting. It's good to have him in there. Um, What do you think happened to fucking Elizabeth Warren? Yeah, so right now, what she's currently standing at is at 18.3%. I think, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. I think she's, I think she has really poor judgment in optics and doesn't think well on her feet. I think that whole thing with blaming Bernie for being sexist essentially in the last debate yeah she basically said which seemed like a ridiculous hail mary that bernie told her that he didn't think a woman could win and he may have said something along those lines like i I honestly there's no no way for us to say he did i honestly don't think she's lying um but i think it was probably said in different terms like yeah given the current political climate you know unfortunately because of sexism like maybe this isn't the right time for you to run or something like that. And then she just took that as like, Bernie's a fucking sexist. And it's like, you can't do that against Bernie because no one's going to believe it. Yeah. And it just seemed like a cheap shot. So, I mean, I and, and on top of everything else, I mean, the whole, I still think, I've said this from the beginning. I know you said like, I should get over it, but I still think the whole Native American thing was so fucking weird. I I can't get over it. It is weird. <laughs> I mean, she made like this miniature documentary. What that I like- said, <laughs> what I said was that I didn't think it would carry through to if she was in an actual race for the presidency. I don't think that that would be like a main point that just kept getting harked on because it was so long ago. What would I say that it's like not worth like <laughs> yeah. knowing? No, of course it is. It's just it's ridiculous it, to me. It just showed like how bad her line of thinking is to to go out and make like a miniature documentary about how she's one one thousandth native american yeah, not a good plan <laughs> no and how she like applied for her bar exam and law license as native americans like give me a fucking not break. a good plan either yeah if you're gonna try to bring it up later i mean we were talking about before we uh fired up these mics that I was listening to Bill Maher talk and he made that oh, point yeah. where she was what basically was quoted point? as yeah. saying that she would have her like education secretary of education be interviewed by like a trans high school student. And mm-hmm. only if the trans high school student deemed that person like committed or whatever enough, would that person get the job? So, I mean, yeah. So let me, let dude, me, let me just what? read that. The Shit. fuck does that even mean? You know, like, L- let me just read the actual who quote. Who the fuck cares what a high school student has to say about a fucking secretary of education? A young trans person had asked about a welcoming community. And I said, it starts with the secretary of education. This is quoting Warren, uh, who has a lot to do with where we spend our money. 
And I said, I'm going to have a secretary of education that this young trans person interviews on my behalf. And she added, only if this person believes that our secretary of education nominee is committed to creating a welcoming environment, a safe environment, and a full educational curriculum for everyone, will that person be advanced to actually be secretary of education? And it's like, look, nothing against trans people, obviously, but like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is just like playing to the woke crowd. Like, why would we have a high school person interview? This is the like fucking way three tokes over the line woke bullshit. Like, yeah, I'll pre- I'll have to preface this just because of like where we are in time, which fucking blows, by the way. But no, I'm not like anti-trans and, yeah. you know, like whatever. But what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> You know, like yeah. it, it does. You don't have to go to those lengths to replace Betsy DeVos, like at all. Yeah. You could literally, like, there might be other ways to validate if a secretary of education is tra- f- trans inclusive. Yeah. Other I mean, than having a 14 year old interview them, dude, a high school student who's trans, like, like what, what is the <laughs> hormone balance in that person? You know, like that's ridiculous ridiculous yeah so like she's going way woke with it with a lot of this shit i'm native american oof (laughs) you know like i want the trans high school kid to interview (laughs) the secretary of education which is like huh and then like you know and then calling out bernie sanders for being sexist which is like Mm, no probably one. not you know like <laughs> no one believes that <laughs> let's pull up these speeches from like 1975 where he's like <laughs> all pro women's rights but so i mean i think she like leaned way hard into into the twitter realm of our society and they all have i'll to, fucking yeah. say it again on this goddamn show that shit's not reflective like of the majority of people especially in fucking iowa so I think she kind of leaned hard that way, thinking that it was gonna mm-hmm. it was gonna do something for her, and it's just like, yeah, everyone that's like beating those drums online when they are like push comes to shove and aren't that fucking woke, dude. I'm sorry, and that's where I give credit to Pete for like trying to reach out to Republicans in the rural areas. Like yeah. he's like, I'm gonna play the rural crowd, you're gonna play the Twitter crowd, and we'll see what happens. Right. You know. It's like, yeah, it's Twitter versus reality, you know? I mean, eventually you have to make it out of the Democratic primary and you have to make it into the general election and you're going to have to do a complete, you know, shift over to the center or something if you're going to beat Donald Trump. Should we focus on, you know, trans rights and including them in, you know, all things that people are, everyone else is privy to? Sure. Of course. You know, does (laughs) saying that, a minor should be interviewing the secretary. Like, fuck the trans part. Saying that a, a high schooler should. Right. You know, it's just like, what the fuck is this? So, like, high, high schoolers aren't voting for you because they're <laughs> fucking too young to vote. You know, like, hello. Dumb. But to the point of Buttigieg interviewing those rural people, some people were a little confused as to who exactly they were voting for. Oh, yeah. Buttigieg. Yeah, that's funny. Let's get into this one video. Um, Let me just preface this as um, I don't actually know which precinct this is, but someone came over. I I don't know if this person who came over was after like the realignment. So maybe this person was for someone else. I hope the audio is 
good enough, but you're listening to a random caucus voter talk to one of the Buddha judge precinct leaders about wanting to change their vote. So let's get into this. Are you saying that he has the same sex partner? He? Yes. yes. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, he's married to him, yeah. Well, then I don't want anybody like that in the White House. So can I have my card back? I don't know. Sign it. We can go ask. I never knew that. The whole point of it is, though, he's a human being, right? Just like you and me. And should it really matter? That's what. Well, he better read the Bible. He does. And he says that God doesn't choose a political party. Because why does it say in the Bible that a man should marry a woman then? Well, I totally respect your viewpoint on this. I so totally do. But I think that we were not around. How come this has never been brought out before? It's, it's common knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of hard to hear, so I apologize for the audio. But um, this woman who looks like, I don't know, she breed mice for a living or something, <laughs> uh, um, doesn't, didn't seem to realize that she was casting her vote for a gay man. Yeah. How come this is never brought out before? Like, Chastin Buttigieg hasn't that hasn't been campaigning with him for a year like people are so thick dude it's like a just like listen to anything that's happened during like, how is that how have you missed it period yeah. but then b like what do they need to blow each other on the fucking caucus <laughs> stage for you to like understand yeah. that he's a gay man I and like why the just... fuck does that matter <laughs> all of his talking points policy wise everything up until that moment got that woman's vote for him. And then as soon... Possibly. She could have been a realignment. He could have been her second choice or whatever. Sure, whatever. But point being, up until that moment, he was good enough until... Yeah. And it's just like, really? That's the religious right. The fucking yeah. Bible says? Yeah. And then she like looks all smugly at this at this uh, campaign person like... Well, then why does the Bible say that then? Like yeah. smug look. It's just like, because you're retarded? I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, go, it goes on for a while. And that woman's like, I'm actually religious too. And I teach my son to be. Isn't Pete religious? Yeah. So he's, a, go, going back to our previous episode, he's Episcopalian, which the Episcopalians wow. do allow gay and trans people in their church. I we got another call. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even check the messages, man. We could have gotten another call. Um but yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting race. I'm super curious to see what happens in New Hampshire. Last time, if you guys remember, Bernie won New Hampshire. It's obviously right next to Vermont, where he's from. Kind of, you know, similar uh, demographic. But um, we'll see what happens. I mean, the polls are pretty damn similar between Iowa and New Hampshire. So, which they're kind of all over the place. But it's rotating between, uh, you know, kind of Pete, Biden, and Sanders. So, yeah. I'm surprised where we're at. Uh, I know this is Evan's prediction, so he's pleasantly surprised, perhaps. Yeah, I think Just my because predictions your predictions are well. right. Yeah, we want we want uh, we want our predictions to be correct when we. Make I think them. I think it's going to continue to go down between uh, Sanders and Pete, and I think I think Biden's going to. I don't think he's going to do so hot. I think a week from now, after this, when they see he's in fourth. I think he's going to drop pretty drastically nationally and probably in South Carolina as well. Um, and especially when, you know, we start moving to those states, 
who knows what happens in March when it's kind of a free for all and we vote in you know twelve different states or whatever. But yeah, remains to be seen. Yep. Well, that was Bicaucus. Yeah. There is an Iowa caucus happening right now. So, yeah. Let me check it real quick before we log off, see if anything changed. But I see some weird no. <laughs> I see some weird live estimate of first alignment. Yeah. Nothing's and, changed. And it's Bernie Sanders now. But Really? Yeah. Oh, for, well, first alignment. Yeah. And then they do the realignment. Right. Um, anyway, I think that does it for episode 53. Like us, rate us, subscribe. Uh, as always, you can contact us hello at newsonacid.com or call 720-282-9782 and leave a message and we will see you guys again next time. Bye.